Okay, let us learn Rupinkus on Parshas Vayetze. Very big site we're going to learn together. Vayikra Shem Hamakamahu Beis Kel. He called the name of the place Beis Kel. So the Gemara Sachem says, There are different ways of looking at Har Maria. Avram called it Ahar, that it should be said on this day that So Avram Avinu looked at at Har Maria as Ahar. And not like Yitzchak, who called it a field. Yitzchak went out to to daven in the field. That's where we know Mincha from. That he called the name of the place Beiskel. So basically, the Gemara is saying that there were three different ways that the Avis looked, each with their own unique glance, at the Makama Mikdash. Avraham Avinu looked at it as a Har, Yitzchak looked at it like a Sada. And Yaakov looked at it as a bias. And that's why it says in this week's parasha, Be'yukra Shema Makamahu Be'iskel. Now what does this mean? Obviously there's depth to this, right? It just doesn't mean that they just happen to randomly call it in their own way. There's, there's obviously some um, deeper explanation of what this Chazal means. So Haisa Khan so the way Rupinkus uh, views this is that it's a machlekes. Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov all had a debate in terms of what's the best way of attaining a kesher, a personal kesher with Hashem. Zaya pasha l'kulam, shesha kesher yefsher Live nice, Everybody agreed, Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov, regardless of what they called it, one thing was universally agreed upon, and that is that you can't, you can't uh, build a relationship in a street, begina, in a garden, or a park. You need some degree of privacy. If you're going to be creating a relationship with Hashem, you need to have some intimacy. You have to have privacy. If a person sets himself up in the street, that's for sure. You can't get a personal connection with HaKadosh Baruch You're not going to grow spiritually by hanging around in the street. Hanging around in the street is going to do the opposite, but it's not going to allow you to have that personal growth together with Hashem. It's enough to go up on a high mountain. This is, you know, not to be in any way, but, you know, there are people that go up to the top of mountains and they... Uh, they have these, um, what do you call it? What do they do with Hashem? They have a... Uh, meditations. Meditations. So, okay, whatever. 
So, so that is, uh, that Avraham Avinu felt that that would be good enough. You don't need that much privacy to have a relationship with Hashem. It's enough if you go up to the top of a very high mountain, like a Mount Everest type of thing, or a, a Himalayas, and you, and you basically just are able to be misbited with Hashem, have yichidus with Hashem. And they say a story about the, um, the Kutzker Rebbe, when he was a young boy, so he went with his Rebbe and his class on a Lag Ba'emer trip. And, and they came back to, to Yeshiva at the end of the trip, and they did a head count, albeit late, and they realized that the Kutzker, the young Kutzker, was not with them. So they got frantic, you know, they ran back to the site where they were camping, where they were spending the day. And they found the Kutzker like lying on the ground, looking up and just repeating like as if in a trance, Tzama Nafshi that my, my soul yearns for you, Hashem. That's, that's his spaidus. Avraham Avinu felt that that's good. That's, that's a great avayt of Hashem to go up high mountain, privacy. There's, no, uh, there's not going to be too many people walking around there. You're able to just be misbaited with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and talk to him, and daven to him, and cry to him, and sing to him, and praise him. But then Yitzchak came along and said, Light, that's not enough privacy. It's not good enough. It's true that there aren't too many people milling about on the top of a mountain. It still is a, an area of Hefker. Anyone is allowed access to the top of a mountain. You don't have to be anybody, you don't have to be, have a VIP pass to get there. You need a, a field. A field is like more private. It's like my own private garden, my own private backyard. You have to do it more than the top of a mountain, which is Hefker. You have to find a, um, a field that's more private. Maybe it's a gated field. And that way you'll be able to really have a relationship with Hashem without any distractions, with all of the necessary privacy that a relationship with Hashem demands comes along, Yaakov Avinu, Sabar, what does he hold? Shafilu ha-pratish yeshen basadeh, adayin einenu ma-aspekes, li-yitziras ha-kesha, royim ha-rabbanu shalom, it's still not enough. Yesh tzarech be-pratish maleya, you have to have absolute privacy, pratish shalbayis, which can only be attained in a home. In a home, in a house, that's where you, you could lock the doors and you can make sure that there's not going to be anyone coming in, looking in, etc. And it's 100% um, watertight. Nobody is coming into your house. To get in, he has to knock on the door. And even when the door is not locked, they'll still knock. Everybody understands that a house is a private domain. Nobody is allowed to enter. If you come into somebody else's house, you'll get arrested. So you know that you have to have absolute permission. So 
that was a very major machlekes between Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. What is the what is the way of creating a relationship with Hakadosh Baruch Hu? Avram Avinu felt a, 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 a hara is good enough. Yitzchak Avinu felt no, that's not enough. You still need it to be a, a more of a private area than that, which is a a sod. And Yaakov said, no, 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 it's still not enough. You have to go into a house, and that's what the Gemara means when it says. And Rapinkas takes this and he applies it, Lemaisa. And he says that it's very chashev what Yaakovino was machadish, what he originated here. When a person wants to create a connection, a, a clinging, a cleaving between HaKadosh Baruch and Klai Yisrael, it's not enough to have just Dvekas alone. You have to have absolute privacy. What happened in the Beis HaMikdash? We lived, we dwelled together alone with Hashem. Nowadays we don't have a Beis HaMikdash anymore. So what's the present day Beis HaMikdash? Rapinkus is saying, and I'll, I guess, modernize it from the time that he said it, because so, many, so much has happened uh, to our homes in the, in the meantime, but, I mean, Rapinkus didn't, you know, live a very long time ago. He was Nifter, I don't know, maybe 15 years ago. But, so, but he missed the whole, like, I guess, internet and uh, smartphone phase of the world. But the, the site is that if we want to have a relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and we want to have like the Deveikos that HaKadosh Baruch Hu's, uh, presence deserves and demands, we have to make sure, according to Yaakov Avinu, to have a house. What does it mean to have a house? It means to create our homes into a Mikdash Ma'at. And to do so, we have to try to keep out the foreign influences as much as possible. Meaning, a home doesn't mean a home just because you happen to have a, a roof over, over your head. That doesn't make it the bias that Yaakovino envisioned. The bias that Yaakovino envisioned was a home, that a, a place that has the ability, when you're inside of it, to be very close to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And the Jewish home is supposed to be that. And I'll... It's, uh, I know none of you are married, so we could change it. We could replace the home with a dorm room, with uh, uh, you know, with anything, any place that you're living at any point in your life. If you want to have a closest, the closest relationship with Rabbi Hashem possible, you have to make sure to seal off the house as much as you can from foreign influences. Sometimes in the olden days, this shmuz would have been applicable with certain svarim, with certain books that were um, 
like Haskalah type of books, philosophy, the Enlightenment movement, like uh, books that were, you know, not written LP, LP Das Taira. I have a, um, I used to have a roommate in, in Yeshiva that I went to as a Bachar, who, he was a grand, a great grandson of the Chavetz Chaim. And I told I said this story? Okay, sorry. Um, so, he was a great grandson of the Chavetz Chaim, and he, it's funny because I just met his, my roommate's son at my son-in-law's Afruf a couple of weeks ago, and I was telling him the story. He had never heard it, even though his father told it to me. And then I saw him, I think, by the Chasner, by the Shav, one of the Shavrachas, and he, uh, he told me that his father had a different, a little bit of a different Nusach than I remembered it, but whatever, I think I'm right. But anyway, the story goes something like this, that, his, that this, my roommate's grandmother was a daughter of the Chavetz Chaim. She lived in New York, and my roommate's father was her, her son, and I don't know, he was in a library, I think it was, and, and, and he wanted to see what a certain, a big like leader of the, of the reform movement, Moses Mendelssohn, he wrote a book, uh, a sefer in, on Chumash called The Beer, the beer is a, it's a pretty famous work that he wrote, <clears throat> and um, and he wanted uh, so he's curious in his issue about he wants to see he wanted to see okay we know that you know this person created tremendous harm to Klai Yisrael but at the end of the day was he a Tamil Chacham does he have good tires does he have Kishmaka Chidushim or not so he basically took a volume of it out of the library I think and then he brought it home and he was reading it at home and then. Before he went to sleep, he didn't want his mother to find it. So he basically put it behind uh, some svarim on a shelf in the, in the living room. The next morning, his mother woke up. And when my friend's father woke up, her son, so, you know, he sees that she's very like She's very confused. She's very anxious about something. Something's making her very nervous. And he says, Mama, what, what's wrong? Is everything okay? So she said, I don't know, the, the Tata came to me in a dream last night, in Chavetz Chaim. And I saw him in a dream, and it was like very real. He was in the apartment here, and he was taking like a, like a step stool, and he was like reaching behind Svarim Shrines and saying like, where is it? Where is it? And I don't know what he wants. I don't know what he's looking for. I, you know, I, I have no idea what he's looking for. And... You know, I don't think my friend's father set, told her, but like as soon as she like went into the kitchen or something, he took it out and he fled with it. I told the story to my father, Alva Shalom, and my father had at home, my father has a lot of old sarum that he, Yarsh and the family, we happened to have had a set of the beer from Moses Mendelssohn, and, and when, he, uh, when he heard the story, basically, he threw him out. He basically, I don't know if he threw it out or he put it in Seamus or something, but could have probably sold it on auction for you know, a decent amount of money, but he decided just to get rid of it. But, um, but that would be an example of like many years ago what an application of this would be to try to keep our home you know, very, very free of foreign influences because if you have foreign influences in your house, then I'm not saying you can't be a Tamil Chacham, you can't be a Ben Taira, but it, it creates a lot, a lot more resistance to that 
And then, like, as time, you know, passed, then that could have been replaced with a television. You know, when I was dating, it was like, does he want a TV in his house when he gets married? Does he want a TV in his mouth? And even not so long ago, but, like, like today, like, nobody asked that question because there's, there's really TVs I don't think even are in. I don't think it's a thing anymore, right? I mean, they have cable, I guess, but there's no TV. TV is, like... It's obsolete. Today, everything is on the phone. You can get on internet, YouTube, whatever. You can get everything that you need there. So I don't think like that question is even relevant anymore, really. But, but all of these things that we bring into our house, um, and they're not filtered, and they're, and they're open for everybody, it, it creates a, a situation that we're, we're basically uh, inviting into our homes things that are taking us away from the dveikas and Hashem. Because I think we could all admit, even if, we're, even if we're looking at things that are all kasha on our phone, but it definitely, the fact, even just having it on us um, is, makes davening harder, I think. Uh, it makes learning harder. It makes, it makes life harder. Because we're so inundated by you know, this addiction called technology and, and always needing to get our fix of news, to get our fix of entertainment, to get our fix of sports, whatever it is, video games, whatever it is that people are into. Uh, Yaakov Inu is mechadish, that if you want to have dveikas and Hashem, if you want to connect closely with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, it has to be a bias, and the bias has to be something that is sealed. Like you're not, that's what a bias is. A bias is something that we don't let anything and everything come into our house. Uh, you wouldn't bring a, a you know chas v'shalom some of a desire into your house because you know we know that that's not that's not politically correct. But yet we have no problem bringing all types of other stuff that is probably in a sense worse than TV than 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 uh, than avodah because look at all of the access that we're giving and we're giving our families and our children uh, to things that are not that are not. That's why like when you know when people are dating. Um, this is a question that is often, you know, brought up. Like, do you want to have, a, do you want to have um, internet in your house? Do you want to have a laptop in your house? Do you want to have, if you need it for work, you know, obviously that's one thing. But if you don't need it for work, then just having it in your house is, is for a very firm person, something that would be, you know, unheard of. Like, how do you bring that into your house? Because it's going to, it, 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 it takes away from the Kedusha of the home. Unfortunately, like the Yitzhara is very smart. The Yitzhara knows that, you know, he created a, a situation that every house, you know, most houses somehow need to have, either, either for work or today, you know, you need recipes from it or kids need to be entertained by it and, uh, you know, and, and yeah, husbands need the stock market and there's always... Uh, you know, there's always another reason to have it in the house, but you know, but a person that that's able to really be very strong and to try to keep it out to the degree that he can, really has the ability to to raise a family and to raise uh, himself in a way that's that's really you know very very uh, very good in terms of creating a kesher. With Akedush Baruch Hu. you know, there's um, a story that that's told of a person who he went to a, he went to a Rebbe, and the Rebbe said, 
Um, the Rebbe said that he, he said, the Rebbe said, what, what can I do for you? He says, I have a very big problem with my Yitzhahara. My Yitzhahara is constantly getting the best of me, constantly winning every war, and like, I can't anymore. I can't live with my Yitzhahara. I have like a huge Yitzhahara. So the Rebbe said, all right, go to a certain place. It's like in the middle of like a Russian forest, like miles and miles away. It's the middle of the winter. It's freezing cold. And there, there's a very big tzaddik. And he's going to be able, go there tonight, he'll be able to get rid of your Yetzirah. He'll teach you, he'll get rid of your Yetzirah. So, okay, fine, the Rebbe said to do it, I'm going to do it. So he, you know, he takes a knapsack and he takes some supplies with him and he puts his winter coat on his gloves and he goes, he heads to this place and he finally finds it's miles and miles deep into the woods and he sees that there's like a chimney and there's some smoke coming out. He's like, oh, Baruch Hashem, this is where it is. And he starts knocking on the door. He's waiting for this tzaddik to open up the door. And no one's opening the door. He sees he knocks a little harder. Again, nobody's... He's banging, banging, banging. He doesn't know how he's going to be able to make it. He's freezing already. And no one answers the door. Eventually, he just collapses at the doorway in a, you know, in like a... He's frozen. And then he wakes up the next morning... He's like, you know, fell asleep on the doorpost. And the tzaddik opens the door. And, you know, there's a nice warm house in there. And the tzaddik looks down and this guy looks up. He says, says, they call you a tzaddik? You didn't hear I was banging on the door? You couldn't open up your door for a yid in the middle of the freezing cold winter? So the tzaddik says the following. He looks like a you know very chashvat tzaddik, long white beard, and a, he says, "This is my house. This is my house. I let in who I want, and I don't let in who I don't want." It's my rishus hayachid. I could let in. I I decide who who comes into my house, and I decide who does not come into my house. And that's the end of the story. The, what, what does he mean? What's the depth of the story? That he was teaching this person a lesson. You let your Yetzirah in. At the end of the day, whatever we do, it's hard to blame on other people because we decide what comes into our eyes. We decide what comes into our homes, what comes into our dorm rooms, what comes into our minds, what comes into our pockets. We have that ability to decide that. And... And just like that tzaddik decided, I'm not opening the door to somebody that I don't want to come in. So a person, we all have that ability. We could keep the Yitzhara out. The Yitzhara has no business inside of us. The Yitzhara has no, if he's there, it's because we decided to open the door for him. We decided to go and buy, you know, that laptop and that phone and that, that Xbox and that uh, uh, newspaper, that magazine, that, you know, that book, whatever it is that we're bringing in, that podcast, that radio, whatever we're bringing into ourselves, that's our decision. We make that decision. We allow what we want to come into our homes and we could stop what we don't want to come into our homes. And... Obviously, it's a free country. You could do whatever. We could all do whatever we want. We have Bechira. But if a person wants to create a home, and you're, let's say you're starting at a home and you're engaged and you want to really you know, 
begin setting your roots in the best way possible, the best way possible would be optimally, again, not you know, withstanding harnasa and, and need to have it for college work and for research and all that. But notwithstanding that, the best way to create a house that's really a tyrodic home is just not have it. Just don't bring it in. Once it's in, it's very hard to get out. Once, once you have these things in, it's very rare for a person to like say, all right, you know what? I have a laptop up. Let's get real. Let's throw it out the window. Let's uh, have an iPhone, but I'm going to... It's doable, but it's very hard. If you go, you know, if you go up to Muncie, and I've, I, I've given a lot of plugs for this. I don't know if anyone listened, but um, you go to... Uh, there's a, it's called the Vizhnitzer Beis HaChaim. If you put it in ways, Vizhnitzer Beis HaChaim, and it's on, uh, it's in Muncie, a, a very like nice cemetery, and you feel there like you're in Eretz Yisrael. I don't know what it is, but it's like a holy place, and you walk up a hill, and on the top of the hill, sort of on the top of the, is the Ribnitzer Abba. Ribnitzer Abba is a tzaddik, Yisrael Eilam, and Yeshua's happen, and I think I, I, I spoke about, like, I had personal Yeshua's that happen. If you need a Yeshua of whatever, you go up to the Muncie, and you're not going to regret it. You'll, I, I was waiting for, I needed an answer for a certain, um, I was, whatever, the, the, I don't want to speak too personally, but on tape, but um, I needed something, and I was waiting and waiting when it wasn't happening. And I went up to the Ribbon, so we were, it was visiting day. So anyway, we were sort of on the way up to the country, so made a stop in Muncie, and went diving at the Ribnitzer. 15 minutes later, after waiting months and months and months and months and months, 15 minutes after we pulled out of the base Asylum, um, I got a phone call. It was from the person that I was waiting for, and... He called me back and he gave me the answer that I, I was hoping for. 15 minutes after I left the Ribnitzer. Um, but anyway, but near the Ribnitzer, like uh, maybe 50, 100 feet away, um, is, the, is two Skolana Rebbe's. Skolana Rebbe, a big tzaddik and also like... And, and the Skolana Rebbe, the second one, the one that was Nifter very recently, or more recently, was very anti-technology, extremely against... Technology. In fact, him and Ramatisel Solomon Yibadul Chaim together, they were the ones that created um, the Internet Asifa. No one here knows about it, maybe, but because um, it was what City Field, very good. What? What you read about it? Online. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so um, it's an interesting story, actually. The Internet Asifa was. How, how many years ago was that? Maybe 10 years ago? More? 11 years ago? So they filled up City Field, and then they filled up Arthur Ashe Stadium. There was, at first, everyone thought it was a joke. Nobody's going to... Who's going to come? And then, like, the whole Lakewood ended up coming, and everybody was scrambling to get tickets. It was, like, the, play, the event to go to. And um, so I called the organizer of the event... I got his number, and I said, listen, you know, Lakewood is coming, and all these yeshiva, yeshivas are coming. I said, I'm in Lander College for Men. We actually use computers. Like, those places, that, they, don't, they don't have computers. They don't need to come. We actually need computers. If guys here, we do research and use the internet every day. We're the ones that need it. Give me the best seats in the house. He says, fine, you're right. He sent me about, 
I don't know, maybe 75 or 100 VIP tickets, like the best tickets, the Spitz tickets. Like everyone was like so jealous of us. We had, we had like, you know, the VIP, like we had, like you can walk in and it's like, like, like the, the, the best part of the, of City Field, that's where we were sitting. And we were in all the magazines. That's why you didn't have to look at it online. We were, we were in, um, I think, Ami Magazine. They had a whole interview with our Hevra. Like, we were, they had pictures of us in it. But, um, so, what, why was I talking about this? Oh, the Skelena Rebbe was <laughs> together with Matisse Assam, and they were the two people that were pushing for this. So if you go to the Skelena Rebbe's kever, there was, you look inside of like a big um, area, you know, like a big ayahal sort of, and, and people take their phones and their tablets and their whatever, and they smash it and they throw it into the grave. It's like a very big skula. Now they even have like a, like a lucite, big lucite box Opposite the cavern, I don't think maybe they said they don't want it people to actually throw that technology in this Glenn Rebbe's thing, so they smash it and they put it in like a, in a in a loose site, and it's a big you know that's that's a cover for the Glenn Rebbe because the Glenn Rebbe was so anti technology, but you know so I said before that people it's hard once you have it to give it up and it is, but obviously people could do it people have the ability uh, to do it. And, but if you don't, if you could figure out ways, if you're starting off your life with a, you know, once you get married in Mitzvah Hashem and you like, you're determined to keep your house hermetically sealed or as hermetically sealed as you possibly can from foreign influences so that your house could be a, a Madhul Shechina, that you could have, you could feel comfortable in, in your house knowing that you don't have all these distractions from you could daven like a man, you can learn. Just like on Shabbos, you feel like holy because you don't have that constant need to like check your, your email and you're this and you're that. So that, that would be a, a tremendous thing if you could do it and you could get your life off, to the, you know, off on the right foot. Uh, that, would be, um, that would be very, very big. But that's the Chiddush of Yaakovinu, that it's not enough Ahar, it's not enough Asada. Those are two... Uh, those those have too many uh, holes in them. That's it's not it's not hermetically sealed enough. In order to really create a matzav of dvekas Bashem, you have to be able to seal up your house as as well as possible. I just end with a var from Yaakov Kamenetsky. Somebody asked him, um, you know, like what's the best? It, it, like, should we move out of I don't know Brooklyn? or Long Island, and move to Lakewood, because in Lakewood, you know, maybe our kids will turn out better, because, you know, it's a firmer environment, maybe the kids, the, front, the schools are, are firmer. So he said, there's a Pasuk that says, we say it every morning, Pasuk de Zimra, Ki chizak shara'ech When you have strong locks, when you have strong bolts on your door, Beirach b'kirbech, your children are blessed inside. Yaakov says you could live in Lakewood. It doesn't matter where you live. If you don't have good locks on your door, he doesn't mean necessarily physical locks, but he means spiritual locks and making sure that the things that other people might be allowing in, you're not allowing in so fast. That's how you're going to have good children. That's Berach B'nach B'kirbich.
if you don't have good locks, you could live. If you have good locks, you could live anywhere in the world. You could live in, you know, in the most decadent place, and you should be okay. If you don't have locks on it, you could be in the frumest place, and it's not okay. Yaakovinu is mechadish. You have to try to create your home in a way that's the most um, that that you can keep out the distractions and the Yitzharas and and all of the challenges that we have today as much as possible. If we do, then we're going to also be zeicha to be'ach b'neich b'kirvech.